0: that. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm so happy to be here with you. (laughs) And I'm happy my computer's with us. And this is another morning episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life. And the Zen of this is expect anything. (laughs) Expect every little miracle (laughs) because you never know what's happening next. Good morning, good morning, how are you? Good morning, this is Brenda Shoshana with another episode of our podcast Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life Zen Wisdom Well, wisdom is just wisdom (laughs) We give it the name Zen, which means, boom, here we are Zen means many things, but we don't really talk about it that way What it means, it just is just the way wisdom just is, and it's actually here for all of us all the time. Simple, simple, simple truths which cannot be denied and which need to be actually lived. And that's why I call the podcast for our everyday life, so we can live it and make it real and taste it and experience it. And when we do, When these truths become our actual flesh and bones, then they become Zen, so-called Zen. That's what it means. Anyway, the talk for today, our episode for today, for this lovely cloudy morning, rainy morning, that's also a lovely, lovely, precious morning. Our episode for today is called True Generosity. Interesting, wonderful topic. And it's based upon a wonderful quote by Trumpa who said, True generosity is the state of mind where we do not want to possess anything. That's incredible, incredible statement. And we're going to uh, look into it, explore it, play with it a bit today. True generosity is the state of mind where we do not want to possess anything. Wow, is that even possible? I mean, our lives seem to be built around having this, having that, accumulating this, gaining that, gaining the other thing, and then, of course, possessing it, holding onto it, not letting anyone else take it away from us. You know, that state of mind of possessing something, clinging to it, it's such a painful, painful, truly painful state of mind, and yet it seems to emerge so naturally in all of us. For instance, if you fall in love with someone, oh my goodness, he's mine or she's mine, and no one else can smile at them, they can't, that person can't look at anyone else. They belong to me or my child, or my parents, or my family. They belong to me. That is the subtext. That is the phrase that we live upon. And not only people, of course, but objects. This car is mine. You better not scratch it, because if you scratch my car, I will get you back. How dare you scratch my car as if we are the car, as if we are the relationship. That car is mine. And and of course, of course, of course, in this craving to possess, not just to gain something, but to, to cling to it, to hold on to it, we inevitably must suffer because whatever we have, whatever we receive, whatever we notice, whoever comes to us, even if they stay with us for 50 years, sooner or later the wind blows, time to let go. Time for change. Time to move along. So this possessing will cause us huge sorrow and pain. And it's based upon an incorrect notion anyway, which we also call in Zen an illusion or a delusion. Very, very, very interesting. And let's explore that delusion or that illusion. What is it? the illusion and it's a very popular one is that we can possess anything at all that something actually belongs to us maybe temporarily i bought this milk and it's my milk and i'm going to drink it or i bought these apples or some fruit i'm bringing home my bag of groceries but what do we really own which goes deeper to the question of who are we really I possess it, meaning there is somebody here with a very firm, firm identity which is built upon all that we do possess. That's building our identity upon a very fragile ground, shifting sands. Of course, the other side of that is that we all inevitably and naturally, we love giving to others. We want to give. We enjoy giving. It makes us happy. We give somebody a present and they're happy with it and we feel really good, we feel great. Some give gifts, others give money, others give their time, their attention. And however, in all of our giving, when all of our generosity, which is there, there is generosity there of course, but so often an underlying demand persists. There's the question. Well, what am I going to receive back? Either from you or from someone else. How is this generosity going to benefit me? Again, the me pops up. I possess this and I want to be benefited. We're talking now, we can see a pattern here now of this demanding self appearing. Some people call it ego, and that's a good word, but it's vague, it's abstract. Let's call it, for now, anyway, for today, our demanding self. How will it benefit me? How can I hold on to what I possess? It's all about me, 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 I, I, I. And there's underneath that a panic, actually. So it's sad. There's a panic. Oh, my goodness. If I lose this, if I can't hold on to my possessions, who will I be? I'll be nothing. I'll have nothing. And that terrifies most of us. I'll lose all my money, I'll lose my home, I'll lose my loved ones, I'll lose my health, whatever it might be. Then we feel that we ourselves will disappear. We won't be anyone of value, nobody will care about us. And many sadly, very, very sadly, in this condition say, well, my life is over. If they lose their health, if they can't be as mobile as they were, if they can't be as smart as they were, whatever might happen. They feel as if they themselves have lost their value. Again, we're basing our value, our very existence, upon what we possess. We don't really, you know, there's two sides of the equation here. What I possess and the other, the intrinsic generosity that we all really are. You say, who am I? (laughs) Let's look at this intrinsic generosity that we all are, which is the other part of the demanding self. Wanting to love, wanting just to give, just for the joy of giving, not because I must have something back. The ocean just gives us the waves. It doesn't even demand that we enjoy the waves. The waves come in, the waves go out, the sun shines. Boom, there's a beautiful summer day. Just giving for the because that's our nature to do so true generosity the state of mind where we don't want to possess anything where we've let go of that demanding self me 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 self and we're just being who we really are which is a state of true openness generosity happiness basically actually it is the opposite of clinging is a state of opening our hands being available, and it's very joyous. That's a very happy state, not a clutching, clenched-up state. We're not hungering for a reward anymore. We're not simply bartering our time, our money, or our services, hoping for some benefit in return. So, this is the opposite of the state the two parts which we're describing, actually it's we're just one being, but we're using words, so we're describing that the, the state of mind. Let's just call it the state of mind of wanting to possess, the illusion of feeling that if we don't have someone or something to possess, we're nothing. And the other state of mind, the more natural, intrinsic state of mind, of just not wanting to possess anything, just wanting to be, just wanting to give, receiving, able to receive, and able to return, what gifts we've received. Are we hungering for a reward? And if we are, we're not able to even be aware of all the gifts and the treasures we're receiving constantly because we have something in our mind. I've got to get that person or that job or that possession. And if I don't, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. No, no, no. Because if you can keep your mind open, your hands open, your heart open, not wanting to possess anything, then you're aware, the awareness goes to what you're actually receiving every single moment, endlessly receiving. You receive one breath and then you receive another. (laughs) I had a delicious breakfast this morning same breakfast as I have every morning, but it was delicious. I tasted it. I spent time with it. I received it. And also when we're in that state of mind, we realize that what we give does not belong to us. It's part of the all. We're just a conduit. There's a flow that brings life to us. And as we share our part with others, we enter the flow more and more and more. You know, there's a little beautiful story of Dogen, a great, great Zen master. And and when he went, after many years of hard practice, he went to, to, to really deepen his practice. He went to China and to understand what is this practice. And he met many teachers and so forth. And the one who really, I think, impacted his life greatly was a, a cook, the Tenzo, someone at the monastery, an old man. And he worked very, that's a whole other podcast talking about Dogen and I will one day, but the point here is that he worked so hard and he came back finally, very joyfully, to Japan. He came home after training, training, and they have said to him, what did you bring with you? What, what did you learn? And he smilingly said, I've come back with nothing but open hands. How beautiful is that? Oh, my goodness. This is another expression for this state of true generosity. He did not need to possess, to cling, to hold on anymore. Open hands. He's come back open with an open heart, with open laughter, with open eyes, open hands. But he could give, and he could receive. His hands were actually useful now, because they weren't filled with possessions, and they weren't clutching on needing to possess. He was able to be with the flow, receive and share what he received. What a way to live. Speak about, people speak so much about stress control these days, And this is the biggest, biggest, biggest way to just eliminate stress because there's nothing to be stressed about. We're not clinging to anything. We're not demanding anything. We're opening our hands and receiving what is given, and we're sharing it with whoever appears in our world. How beautiful. It really is beautiful, even though it's counterintuitive to the way we usually live. So true generosity becomes based upon a feeling of fullness. Fullness. We're not scarce. We're not deprived of anything. We don't have to cling to anything. We live in a sea of treasures. And we don't have to grasp at it or cling to one gift or one person or one experience as if this is our only good. That's what we do. Oh, my goodness, this is coming. I can't let it go. It's my only good, my only chance. No, 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 no. And also, when you live with those wonderful open hands, your sense of who you are, let's call it the demanding self, truly diminishes. That's what is meant in the quote, the state of mind of not wanting to possess anything, that that demanding self needing to possess this, possess that, receive this. But that, And that demanding self, is what causes us so much stress sorrow, pain, that's it and that demanding self really melts away because it's filled, it has nothing to demand, it, it has one treasure after another, the treasure of a cloudy day today mm, I'm not demanding sunshine <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, believe me, I'm not saying I'm in this state of mind, I'm not setting myself up as an example of anything but I'm just using it as an example here it's a cloudy day rather than cling to a desire for sunshine, I'm entering the beauty of the cloudy day. That's it. That's all. Everybody can do it. Anyone can do it. It's just a change in your state of mind. And that's exactly what Zen practice is. It's like shifting the filter through which we see life itself. Now, of course, this applies to our relationships with people as well. How... Can you just imagine what a wonderful <laughs> relationships you would have if you did not demand anything in particular from that person? Insist, demand. I'm not saying you don't have needs or standards or requirements. That's different from demanding. It's different from having to possess a person or a child or a job. When we want to possess another person and cling to them and be so afraid of losing them, just in that state of mind, we've already lost them. We don't know them anymore. They're just an object that we are really clinging to. So this is a very powerful and very simple teaching. Let me give you an exercise the way I love to do and so we can begin to work on integrating it with our lives. It may sound too hard, but it's really so easy just take just become aware of what you're demanding what you're tr- possessing what you must possess whether it's a person whether it's a job whether it's money because whatever you must possess let me tell you that possesses you <laughs> so just the first step is just become aware of it you know i say just become aware but that awareness itself is huge it's breaking the spell it's beginning the wonderful work of undoing the illusion. We're noticing, we're becoming aware. Awareness is strong. So that's a very big first step. And then when you notice it, when you're actually doing it, when you're actually with a person or when you're hungering to possess, just stop. Again, you know, one of the biggest tools in Zen is just stop. Stop and look at what you're doing feel it notice it but don't take action based upon that craving to cling and to possess by not taking that action you're taking the fuel the fuel away from that habit it's a tendency a mental tendency and but as we said in the quote we're talking about a state of mind So when we don't act upon that kind of state of mind, we're beginning to diminish it right then and there. We're taking the energy from it. And if you can open your hands, even if you may be afraid to, you can try a little bit. Just try and see what happens. See what happens. Maybe one person today you can just give to wanting nothing in return. Just practice it what a fun practice. It's actually a lot of fun to practice. It is so easy. You could even do it with a stranger. (laughs) I did it once with a stranger on the street. I said, oh, that person looked really, really sad. They were walking down, shuffling along, and I got (laughs) a little bit in their way, and I gave them a big smile. I, I acknowledged them. I recognized them. They looked so startled. And then I got a big smile back, which I wasn't even hoping for. But it was so beautiful. It actually made my day. It was such a moment. So many moments like this. Maybe a child wanting something, needing something that you could just give to. Whether or not it fits into your particular demands. Try and see. And let me know. As I said, we're getting wonderful emails. I love talking to you. I love discussing this. You can reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com and I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. I also would like to say again that our website is zenwisdomtoday.com so you can just come right on and you can enjoy this podcast if you do and any others that you might wish to hear again. Of course, this podcast is also available on iTunes, Google, and all the rest of it. If you like it, we'd love to have a little mention, a little comment, that would be great if you feel like it. It's all it's really up to you. It's fine. And I want to thank you again so much for taking your time, listening in, joining our wonderful our wonderful. For me it's wonderful Zen conversation. Thank you. I look forward very much to being again with you next week. And by the way, I have a new podcast, a little bit different, a little more psychologically oriented, called Your Best Self on bestselfbooks.com if you're interested in another one too. Anyway, have a great, great day and, and many blessings to all of you.